Hello, welcome to Sack King's Therapy. After a unintentionally long uh, hiatus, um, I think this is going to be our first episode this week, I think. Yeah, it felt like, what, a week and a half? <laughs> Something like that. Um, the story is basically um, there were some technical difficulties um, when I was trying to record a solo pod. And yeah, Fong was busy as well, so we just couldn't get our schedules uh, aligned. And also, I try to do a pod in between, like in, in the middle of the week, just to at least kind of go over some free agency signings or, you know, free agency re-signings, really. But uh, technical difficulties, so that episode is not going to get published. So yeah, um, we're just going to recap everything we can here. So yeah, let's uh let, let's get started um with the main event. I'm trying out a new format now. I'm gonna go with the biggest news first. So the biggest news out of the Kings' free agency is Rashawn Holmes resigns four years, fifty-five million. Last year is a player option, and the fifty-five million is actually kind of like buddies, where the base level is actually not that amount. There's actually incentives he has to hit before he can hit. Um, make 55 million and there's also a trade kicker in case he gets traded there's a 15 mil or there's a 15 percent uh increase in his pay so there's that um thoughts it i mean it's a steal <laughs> i mean uh a lot of teams i'm pretty sure were willing to offer a lot more than that but you know Holmes signed it to this amount and uh, I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, did you see the signing for uh, when uh, Monty signed over for Rashawn? I did not. What happened? <laughs> it felt like that he pulled the contract from Rashawn real quick and it's like, yeah, nope, you can't take that back. <laughs> you signed for four years, 55 million. I mean, it was it was seriously like shocking. Although, like, if you kind of it, like. I think I mentioned, I don't remember, like, in one of our episodes, like, uh, Charlotte Hornets basically took themselves out of the Rashad and Holmes sweepstakes. They were one of the teams that were that I was thinking, like, oh, maybe they're going to try and go after Rashad. They have a lot of cap space. They might be one of those teams that offers them $20 million a year. They took themselves out after signing, was it Miles Plumley or No, Mason Plumley. Miles Plumley is not in the league anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, they took themselves out, and the other teams uh, was the other teams. I think were the Mavericks and I guess the Pelicans, but I don't think the Pelicans were interested. And the Mavericks just didn't really seem interested. They they were trying to go after Kyle Lowry, and that fell fell in their face, or that blew up in their face pretty quickly. Um, and then the other one was Toronto, and Toronto was kind of stuck like with the Kyle Lowry situation as well, where they were trying to sign and trade him. So they they basically kind of essentially kind of screwed up their cap space a little bit. So it wasn't as easy um, to fit Rashawn in like, you know, 20 million a year. So, yeah. So we, and ultimately Rashawn, you know, re-signs with us, which honestly, like at that number, without us having to, you know, move off of Buddy or Marvin, that's inc- that's really good. Mhm. Yeah, like before we were expecting like what hopefully he resigns what between 15 to 18, but he resigned for a lot a, a little less, which was uh, is about what 14 mil? Yeah, uh, a year. And, 
Yeah, and honestly, like I, I honestly thought it was a pretty bad deal he signed for Rashawn specifically. I honestly thought he would have signed like a one or two year deal, just like so he can get back into free agency next year. But like, I guess the other, I guess he may, may be a little bit kind of concerned. Like he had, like this has kind of not been talked about. He has gotten injured by the end of the season, like every basically the two years he's been here. And a lot of it is that he has to deal with the bigger guys. And, you know, chances are you're going to get injured if you do that. And uh, maybe he just didn't want to take the risk. So he decided to just uh, resign and yeah, just secure up that money. He's going to get a nice little pay raise and um, yeah, congratulations to him. And uh, you know, uh, Sacramento like loves Rashawn and they're, we're more than happy to have him back. Mm hmm. Uh, very quickly, like the, in terms of like the market, like we it, it, it wasn't crazy that Rashawn was asking for 20 million a year. It was just like, is the market out there for him? And I'm comparing him right now to uh, Jared Allen. Deuce and Mo did this, too. And basically, I'm looking at Rashawn's stats to Jared Allen. They're pretty even for the most part. Uh, Jared Allen gets more rebounds. Uh, they get the same amount of assists. And uh, Rashawn actually gets more steals and actually the same amount of blocks, which is interesting. But Jared Allen got <laughs> five years. I think I think it was five years, 20, 100 million, something along those lines. I think, no, it was four years, 100 million. So, yeah, talk about really lucking out on that. And, man, like, it's, it's, kind of, it's, un, it's unfortunate that the market just wasn't out there for Rashawn. Yeah, it's too bad, but we'll see when he uh, gets that player option for that last year and see if, uh, you know, maybe another team will give him a chance. We'll have to see. Yeah, and uh, con congratulations to Rashawn for getting the pay raise. And, yeah, very happy that he stayed with Sacramento. He took a discount to stay in Sacramento. Just about most people, like, a lot of the national writers were actually penciling him to be gone. And even during the draft, they were actually saying, like, we should draft a center, you know, for fit because we were going to lose Rashad. I'm glad he's back. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. OK. All right. Well, our next piece of news. Um, so we have some we have some re-signings. We'll start with a uh, Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless re-signs for nine million for two years. You know, a little bit of wing depth. I actually liked what he did last year. And, but, you know, part of me was actually thinking, like, had we not da drafted Davion Mitchell, he was most likely gone because I, I was like I was kind of dead set on, on us drafting a wing. But, you know, we drafted Davion Mitchell and we need more wing depth because Harrison Barnes cannot, you know, cannot physically guard every single wing in the league. So, mm -hmm. you know, you need a little bit of a backup there. And Mo is probably going to back up um, Harrison this um, this upcoming season and yeah um good to see us like add a little bit to that so you know the small forward power forward shooting guard whatever basically six six the kind of six six to six eight kind of height so that you can at least kind of back up like harrison again so that he doesn't have to literally guard every single wing in the league mm -hmm. um terrence davis resigns two years eight million dollars i was expecting him to be back on a low number because well, because of James Ham's reporting, <laughs> I honestly thought he was going to get more because he's a good player and he did a lot of good things in his time here. And, I'm, you know, I'm glad he's re-signed and it's going to be and there are no player options, by the way, I don't think for um, Moe's contract and uh, Terren Terrence Davis's contract. So these guys will be probably here for at least uh, one or two years if we're not going to trade them. 
Yeah, I I would I wouldn't mind keeping them both. I mean, it'll be a I I don't want to say a great bench depth, but we'll see how our bench is once the season starts because I'm interested in what we could build around Davion. So the interesting thing is I I've had a, I had a conversation with uh with one of my coworkers and he was talking about basically how I mean, we're bringing back the same team from last year. And I get that notion. It basically kind of is like re-signing much of the people that were on the same team mm-hmm. or that was that was last year. But you do remember that at the beginning of last year, it was a very different team. Oh, and there yeah. was a stretch where basically I think Belly was just angry and didn't play, and we literally had no bench. It was mm-hmm. a it was basically we played De'Aaron and Harrison and Buddy and um Tyrese he got injured in the middle of it but like he those guys played like 30 basically high 30 plus minutes yeah and you know we had no depth at that point and it wasn't until we made those trades that we finally added these guys and and you know you can very much make the argument had we had these guys like uh, granted um we'll talk get into them later but like guys like Terrence Davis DeLon Wright um uh Mo Harkless like they added they basically they helped the team a lot, and we actually had a winning record towards the end of the season, and a lot of it was because of this. We had you know, more competent NBA players that were ready to contribute right away, and Luke Wong wasn't willing to play the young guys, so you know, you had you know, just you had guys that could at least support or at least like not be complete disasters when you put them out there for like the few minutes that De'Aaron and Harrison and those guys aren't on the on the floor. So the notion that we're bringing back the same team is not really true. We're actually probably bringing back the more the better version of last year's team. And you know, chances are we had these guys. We're probably in the play-in. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's it's not the same team. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we spent so much money. Why are we getting excited about bringing back the same guys who didn't get us to play it? It's not really. That's not really the case. And uh, yeah, so you know. It, a little bit more positivity going your way. Um, so just, uh, I just I just wanted to clear that up because a lot of people were kind of down on these signings. Mm, really? The yeah. lack of big signings is, is mm. what they're talking about. You know, we're, we'll get into it, but we're still lacking some wing depth, even though Mo Harkless did resign. Gee, I already forgot what kind of bench we had uh, in the beginning of this season. All I remember is Kojo. And uh, Hassan Whiteside, so the Elisa I mean, and like yeah. Quan Jeffries got injured, but like he he I mean he didn't even, he didn't even really play when he got back. It was it was weird that situation. Yeah. Was so yeah, know. that's what we had for a while, and you we can and you know Hassan did bring some good things, but let's be honest, for the most part he was not good. No, yeah, just watching him was already a headache in itself. You know, I love Kojo. Like, I thought, I just thought Kings fans gave him gave him way too much crap for, you know, trying to play defense, but there was just no defense to support him. And and unfortunately, on offense, he was very, he was not good for the most part. And it's it's unfortunate that he was put in that position. But like, you know, Kojo wasn't gonna fix everything. And then there was Belly, who was gone for a month because he was angry, and he was our only scoring option off the bench for like a, a good stretch of the season. Mhm. So, yeah, we're bringing back we're gonna, we're bringing back a better team. Like, chance, chances are that you know if this team stays healthy, we're gonna probably be in the play-in for the most likely. And you know, 
you know, barring injuries or any kind of weird catastrophic event happening. Okay. Uh, last kind of big signing um, is uh, Alex Len is back, and uh, he resigns for two years, seven point six five million, and will bring basically much needed toughness to this team. You know, he was basically I, I just I mean the the lasting memory I have of him on the Kings was him getting into that tussle with CJ McCollum. Um, cause he, you know, he's just one of those guys where he's not going to take shit from anyone and the Kings do need that kind of guy. A lot of people talk about the, you know, when, when Metsu got thrown down and broke his wrist because Valanchunas was being an asshole, Alex Len would have got, would have fought him. Mm-hmm. It's like the big, is like one of the big takeaways. And I'm glad that he's back. He did really good. He did good things when he was here. And I was. I was kind of sad that they didn't resign him. I wasn't the biggest fan of re-signing him last year just because, like, I just didn't see a point in it. But, you know, he's back now, and, yeah, I like the signing. What about you? Oh, yeah, I like the signing, too. Uh, yeah, I did wish we re-signed him instead of, you know, signing Hassan to a very minimum. <laughs> uh, well, it's good thing that Hassan's gone now to Utah. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like since we have a decent amount of centers. I feel like Damian Jones it might be out soon. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes, but um you know, we'll we'll, we'll stick on Alex Len for a little bit. Like Alex Len I think fits this team a lot more than um Hassan did. Just like the mm-hmm. mobility and like he get he gets up and down the court. Like he he's big, but he's not like completely like, you know, stuck in the mud like Hassan was. And he'll he'll run the floor, he'll He'll play pretty tough defense and, again, bring that attitude about him. Like, next year, I think, like, with Mo Davion and um, Mo Davion and Alex Len, you got some dogs on this team. Like, Holmes is a dog, and, you know, you finally have some kind of more competitiveness and, you know, a bit more of just attitude to this team, which, unfortunately, this team does need. And I, I hate to keep focusing on that, but, like, this team needs more toughness and attitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's hope we get that back. Uh, well, speaking of attitude, like w- this, this was a weird trade. Uh, so I don't remember the exact like three. It was a three-team trade with uh, I think I think Toronto was involved. I forgot. It was no, it was the Celtics, Hawks, and Kings were involved. And mm-hmm. th- basically, from the Kings' side, we send out Delon Wright, and essentially we end up getting back. Um, Tristan Thompson from the Celtics, and we trade uh, Delon to the Hawks. Yeah. I forgot what I forgot what they gave to the Celtics. Yeah, or, yeah. Hawks send Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando and a 2023 second round draft pick to Boston. So I mean, yay. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, like let's focus on the Kings' side. It's so. Um, the theory that hasn't really been there hasn't been any report of why the Kings got involved in this trade, but the speculation was that Tristan Thompson was supposed to be Rashawn Insurance, and now that Rashawn has actually resigned, I'm not sure if we're keeping Tristan Thompson. Like, I mean, like during my I know like we drafted Davion Mitchell, and there's a huge logjam in the backcourt, but now that Rashawn has resigned. Like there's a there's a log jam now in center and you know I love I really liked Delon I thought he was like you know he in spurts he was actually really good he was kind of a lightweight Halliburton in terms of like playmaking and just being able to kind of score and set up guys 
like he did things out there and like you know during that stretch he like when Rashawn was out um when uh De'Aaron was out when Halliburton was out he was kind of the, our best player basically <laughs> for a good long stretch and I'm kind of sad to see him go and yeah getting back Tristan Thompson in the trade especially now that Rashawn is back it's hard to not look at this and say that it's a it's kind of a downgrade and it just feels like we traded for the worst player who's actually earning a, a teeny bit more money. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll, uh, Monty will find that kind of trade and I guess we'll get to it because uh, there might be a package with him uh, with Buddy. So, well, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, let, let's just assume that he does stay on this team. Mm. Again, I don't. That, that's gonna be a lot of guys fighting for minutes at the center position. Like, yeah. I, even even if you like, even if we waive Damian Jones, that's what four centers, because Tristan Thompson can't play the four because he can't shoot. So you have Rashawn, um, Damian, you have Tristan and Kada if he's on if he's gonna be like on the main I guess the main roster. Kind of a mm-hmm. weird way to describe it. If he's going to be with the Kings, and yeah, that's four centers right there, and you're just, at, you know, like you know, looking at how Luke Walton kind of distributes his minutes, he's definitely not going to play all four guys. So, no. Yeah, there's an oversaturation of centers on this on this team, and uh, but if he does stay, that's another guy that's you know a dog. It's got a little bit of attitude about him and will not take shit from anyone. So he can kind of fill in that role. And, you know, he's a tough guy. He can guard set, like bigger centers like that. Rashawn tends to struggle with that. But like you can have like Tristan Thompson in that spot instead and he can probably do a little better. Like that would be theoretically what Tristan Thompson would be useful for. But as it is right now, it's too many centers and too many uh, point guards. Even though DeLon is gone, there's still a lot. You know, we still have a pretty like full backcourt mm-hmm. yeah to be honest yeah out of four i'd rather uh, get something back for tristan thompson so we'll see maybe another wing is in the midst uh among other teams but yeah we'll see who what team actually needs tristan thompson in the first place yeah i mean like he had a pretty down year with um with the Celtics and yeah, his trade value can't be that high. And he also earns quite a bit of cash. So like, you know, the, you know, I guess like the hopeful thing is like maybe this salary filler to like fill in a bigger star who earns a big contract, you know, maybe you could see Occam coming or, you know, mm. you need some, you know, Simmons, Simmons filler uh, in there. Uh, as long as the trade is, uh, worth it <laughs> we'll see yeah but I mean, i'm listening to some ben simmons proposals and pascal siakam proposals that for the kings and i'm just like and they all they both they all involve one form or another Halliburton or De'Aaron fox and i i don't want that so <laughs> hang up the phone <laughs> yeah yeah just wave bye basically but um okay well moving on another not really a free agent signing but we did sign him Doug Christie has now joined the coaching staff as an assistant coach uh, under Luke Walton. And yeah, we, I, I mean, I, we've been calling for this for a while. Like I, I'm, I don't remember if I said it actually on the air on one of our podcasts, but for a long time, like I was telling you, like the way that Doug Christie talks about the game, mm-hmm. like he's just a guy that can communicate so well. 
like, you know, what he sees and like, you know, how smart he is about the game of basketball. And I always thought like he'd be great on a coaching staff, like, and he could, you know, talk to the players, get them to understand certain schemes, like what they're doing right or what they're doing wrong. And, and yeah, so now he's finally joined the uh, coaching staff and I think it's a long time coming. He's, he's been wanting to actually coach for a while, but you know, he, I'm pretty sure there were opportunities out there, but it seems like he really wanted to do it in Sacramento. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty glad that he joined the coaching staff and I, I, I am pretty sure that you have mentioned it uh, before in one of our episodes. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he, he has a good eye for both defense and offense, especially when he commentates about our games and I'm hoping it translates to uh changes i guess you could say uh in our team because uh we yeah we do have some or what am i saying not some but a lot of moments where we should have done things differently on the court yeah and hopefully like doug can really help kind of get through to the players and like have like simplify things i guess to a certain degree like to un- so that the team so that the players understand what what they did what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong and yeah Every I love everything about this about this I guess again signing I guess like I don't know what to call it but yeah I'm I'm very excited to see what Doug can do as an assistant coach and yeah the the broadcasting booth is gonna lose a, a huge talent because um, beyond that he was a really good commentator too <laughs> like mm-hmm. and they're they're gonna I, they're gonna lead a search to find uh, who the next commentator is it looks like it's gonna be Katie Hunter who you know did a pretty good job like herself like on the broadcast as well so you know that's you know that actually be a really good hire as well mm-hmm. to replace Doug. Is Mark Jones still in the commentating? Yes. So the thing, so like Doug Christie basically commentated every Kings game and yeah. like Mark Jones, um, I think, I think he has like some ESPN obligation. So every now and then you get Kyle Draper on there. Yeah. Doug Christie did every single uh, Kings game and, you know, Kyle, Kyle Draper fills in whenever um, Mark Jones isn't, isn't available. So someone's going to need to replace Doug for every single game now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Katie Hunter will definitely fit r- right in. I mean, she's been commentate or on the staff for oh man, ever since it's been a while actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Very happy about this hire. And last thing I want to quickly talk about. Apparently, Halliburton called into the uh, Deuce and Mo podcast. And if you guys don't listen to Deuce oh. and Mo, listen to Deuce and Mo because they're very good about uh, covering the Kings. And some I, I don't think they do a lot of like other sports but like they they watch like wrestling they watch football and they they cover everything um Halliburton's dad uh John Halliburton I think is his name called into the Deuce and Mo after the announcement and to actually share his excitement about the hire so yeah basically everyone is really high on this hire everyone loves Doug and I'm 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 almost certain that he'll provide something good to that coaching staff oh yeah I'm rubbing my hands right now (laughs) Okay, uh, moving on to another topic that I just want to quickly talk about. Uh, so, uh, what was it? Hasn't it, has it been a week? But I mean, um, since the draft. Yeah. So the the buddy trade is basically what I'm going to talk about really quickly. Um, so, uh, the reporting around it is that every everyone involved in that trade, meaning KCP, Buddy, Kuzma, and Harold, they were all expecting the trade to happen. 
meeting the the buddy goes to the Lakers and Coos and uh Harold come to the come to the Kings and they were completely blindsided when the rush trade came out of nowhere and I thought it was just interesting how everyone kind of like was down with the idea of moving moving on from their team and onto a onto another um city and and you know some some people were even like bringing up the theory like oh maybe Montrez was not about coming to the Kings he wasn't feeling like coming to Sacramento although he does have a relationship with a uh, Rico Hines like Rico Hines like trains him in the summer or does workouts with him in the summer so i guess that can i guess we can put put down the theory that like oh Montrez only opted in because he knew he was going to the Wizards no he he actually was i think he was down with the idea of coming to Sac and Every single day, it doesn't make this sting less, I guess, because this is. I thought this was a really good trade. It brought. It would have brought back depth for us at the wing position, at the power forward position, which is basically our biggest point of need right now. Like we don't really have a really a starting power forward, unless you want to say Marvin Bagley is a starting power forward. Um, so that would have given given us a power forward and coups. Like that can play, that can slot right into that starting spot, and like Harold with like endless amounts of energy, like you know, again, Sacramento would have absolutely loved Montrez, and yeah, they traded for a guy that does not fit with LeBron, I'd, and I still, it still doesn't really make sense to me why they did that trade. Yeah, same for me. Uh, yeah, it's really too bad for us as well. I mean, I really thought we would do something about the Marvin situation or buddy situation sooner, but so far nothing has come up either besides that we couldn't trade buddy to the Lakers, but you know, speaking about buddy and Marvin, uh, would you be willing to keep them for the next season or keep either one or the other for the next season? I'm more about keeping one of them just because the reason why it really didn't work last year is because you couldn't play both of them at the same time. Because of like the defensive concerns, like you know, D'Lo and Casey brings up a really good point about Mar the Marvin situation. The best situation for Marvin is the Kings, if you think about it, because mm-hmm. like name a team that Marvin would start on right now, just off the top of your head. Like I don't think he yeah. would start in Cleveland. <laughs> like he's not starting for a good team. That like let, let's get that oh. out of the way. Like and then you think about a bad team, he's not starting on Cleveland. He might start in might start in Houston. I forgot who Houston have, but like uh, they have Wood. Yeah, no, so he's a center. But well, no, they uh, they just drafted Shangun and uh, ah, so okay. like I guess he's starting. How about um, OKC? OKC, um, maybe 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 OKC, but like that's like the pit right now because they're literally legitimately trying to be bad. So, <laughs> but like the, the the idea is that. The King, as I just mentioned, the Kings need another four and another kind of wing guy. Now Marvin is not a wing by any means, but like that we have, we need another four. Mm-hmm. And like if if Marvin is able to slot into that position, it works out for everyone because the Kings have a need at that position, and Marvin f- can fill that position if he is willing to kind of take a back seat at, in terms of a star, like just willing to just play his role and get his you know, get pick his spots whenever he has the opportunity to. Like, mm-hmm. he's not really going to get that opportunity on another team. And, like, if he th- really thinks, like, the that Sacramento is to blame for his, you know, his issues in his uh, 
in his career so far. Like, I'm, I mean, you're missing the you're missing the forest for to the forest for the trees or the trees for the forest. I don't remember which one, but uh, he's not seeing the big picture. Like, the Kings are probably the best situation for him right now if he's willing to just kind of buy in and take a back seat in a way, and mm-hmm. just like play, just you know, be a good soldier and just do. You know, just do your job instead of like trying to chase glory. You know? and uh, yeah, it's um, I mean, like if Marvin is if I'm willing to have Marvin for another season, like the, like the stuff with him and Buddy, like in terms of them asking for a trade or like you know, um, I guess like hinting that they want a trade, they have not been toxic. They have not it has not affected the locker room morale, at least from reports. Like they you know they're still cool with each other. Everything is harmonious in the locker room. They haven't actually like poisoned the locker room in any way. Like they they seem to be good guys about it. It hasn't actually affected the locker room. So I think there won't be like any locker room issues per se. Like there will be like a little bit of front office tension, but like. As long as it doesn't get to the locker room, I'm okay with it. Like the two of them staying, or one of the two staying. I'm I'm not down for having both of them stay just because, like with Buddy especially because there is such a logjam at the guard position. Yeah. And you know with Marvin, he actually fills a need. And you know there's part of me that still believes in him. Like he he is he has like he has talent. It's just that he hasn't been healthy. And you know it's it's up in the air if he'll ever be healthy. <sighs> yeah, we'll we'll see what Monty does, but I'm will if we're willing to keep both of them, I'm saying put Buddy on bench because we we already agreed that Halburn will be our two, and I'm pretty sure Barnes will be our three and et cetera, et cetera. But if Buddy can you know be that our bench player, our sixth man, I think I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's the thing, right? Like the best role for him is a bench player because his de- defensive deficiencies, the Kings just simply don't have the defense to support him, to hide him. And uh, yeah, like you know, he, him coming off the bench, like that—that that, like one few months stretch, like uh, back when Bogey was still on the team, like that was his—that was the best basketball he ever played. Mm-hmm. And it, it's unfortunate that he's just not willing to buy into that and. You know, whether it's him that's like or like Luke, that's just kind of like making the point that he needs to start. Like, I just I just don't think he's a starter in the league. And uh, and, you know, the big thing like coming out of this is that out of like the buddy trade is that he has trade value like the entire year. Like if you were if you were on King's Twitter and honestly, if you were kind of just on social media and just talk on trade talks like the narrative was that buddy had no trade value like he's a shooter that only the only thing he ever does is shoot and he has a big contract that does not justify his production well you look around the league like davis bertans is earning 80 million uh joe harris is i think 75 million i think like 15 million a year and then duncan robinson just got paid 90 million and like there is no real world where I can see you like, you know, legitimately saying that Duncan Robinson is better than Buddy. I think if Buddy was on that team, he'd be doing just ju- if he's willing to buy in anyway, like he would be doing what Duncan Robinson is doing and a little bit more. So the idea, the point I'm getting to is that shooting has value. And the fact that like, you know, a Coos and Trez trade was like in the works and, you know, 
chances are was going to go down had that Russ trade not come through. Like he has value, and you can get, and the Kings can get something from Buddy. Uh, yeah, we shall see. Okay, well, moving on to something a little bit more silly. Uh, Aaron Fox kind of that's De'Aaron Fox's dad, by the way. Um, Aaron Fox caused a bit of a stir on Twitter briefly. So there was a tweet where um, basically someone said, you know, excited for Davion Mitchell arriving in Sacramento. And Aaron Fox, De'Aaron's dad, uh, tweeted tweeted and replied to that um, tweet saying, no, 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 no. The, basically the gist of it kind of uh, implying that he did not like the Davion Mitchell pick. That caused a bit of a stir before he deleted it. But De'Aaron Fox, um, within a few hours, diffused the situation. And I'm actually going to pull up his tweet right now. But he did a great job, basically, diffusing the situation. And, you know, everyone kind of compares it to the Marvin situation, where Marvin just, you know, refused to answer any questions and basically caused even more questions about, you know, his status with the team. And... Yeah, this is the quote Um, in responding to someone's like basically asking De'Aaron about the situation. uh, De'Aaron said, he's not a part of my team. He doesn't work for me. He's a parent and a fan talking just like y'all. So take whatever they say as fans having conversations like y'all do every day. That that diffuses the situation. And honestly, no one has really asked any questions ever since. And there was universal praise for what De'Aaron did. Saying that his, you know, his dad, his dad's gonna talk, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. He's just a fan, like, like, like all of us, and he's not on the team. So you guys don't have to worry about it, and that's how you do it. Yeah, I mean that's a very professional way of doing it, and I'm I'm glad <laughs> that there wasn't any, uh, I don't want to say controversy, but any stir within the locker room because I'm I'm hoping this team pans out. Yeah, like we've got some talent on this team. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's it, you know, like every year it just seems like we're always so close. But uh, you know, you know, maybe it's a so close yet so far type thing. But like, I mean, I'm I'm I like this team and I want to see them succeed. And you know, being the Kings fans, you want to see the Kings succeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, again, hopefully this is nothing. And it seems like De'Aaron has completely diffused the situation. And it looks like everyone's kind of cool because in the summer league, everyone was together and just. I've been so yeah uh that was a little bit of a stir that happened online I'm glad it's it's not a bigger thing so (laughs) yeah okay quickly before we start talking about the California Classic and the um the Summer League uh just quickly I just want to quickly shout out uh Bielitsa signed with the Warriors I actually really like the signing for the Warriors because I had been always saying belly would actually be great with the warriors with his passing you know his shooting i mean the the defense they can cover for him but like he has a skill set as i think perfect for the warriors yeah yeah mentioned that he went to the warriors uh a while ago but you know he ended up with the heat and yeah huh? i guess it comes full circle and now he's back at the warriors yeah, he did have a he did have some controversial comments where basically he he said that he's finally winning for, winning or playing for a winning um oh. for a winning um organization oh. and that he wasn't healthy last or no he said he was healthy last year but he just didn't want to play 
and when someone I think asked him about like his mentality and why he was absent. So basically, kind of throwing a shot at the Kings. I mean, I'm not gonna hate on him for that. It's he had a tough situation where he clearly was honestly more helpful to winning than Marvin ever was to the Kings. <laughs> but you know, politics dictated that Marvin needed to start, and then he was you know basically an afterthought because mm-hmm. of that and he's right he rightfully should be pissed about that mm-hmm. oh and that that's how i saw it. like i mean what, what what are your thoughts on what i just said i guess i mean sure i mean i'm i'm a little more glad that we got rid of him i guess because i don't want that kind of uh negativity in our team but you know we'll see how he does in the warriors i'm i have a feeling he's just gonna be a bench player like usual and uh, hopefully he could provide something that the Warriors uh, can utilize that we couldn't. So good for him. And we'll see how far uh, Warriors will go for next season. It's all depending on Clay, but we are not a Warriors podcast, so I won't talk about that too much. But uh, another guy I want to shout out, Ben McLemore signed with the Blazers. So mm-hmm. Blazers' obsession with uh, tiny guards continues. Oh, yeah. Well... Good for him too, I guess. Look, I love Ben McLemore, and it is there's nothing to say about Ben McLemore. I'm just baffled by what the Blazers are doing. They just paid Norman Powell ninety million. I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... is that insurance for Dame? <laughs> like, what? What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we still haven't heard anything about Dame in a while, so. Uh, oh, he's he's heading back to Portland, you know. Yeah, yeah, they probably got to start talking about that future. It's like, you know, he's talking about he doesn't see he didn't see the roster as championship worthy. This ain't that ain't changed. <laughs> I highly <laughs> doubt that's changed. Yeah, no. I mean, if I look at the roster now, I'd probably say uh, maybe Will Wave. Cody Zeller? <laughs> Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller <laughs> to the Blazers. Yeah. You like that signing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, why? What do you do? I, I don't know what they're doing, and I think it is, I think it is inevitable. Like that, Dame is gonna be out, out of there. I just wonder if it's gonna, if he's gonna make it really ugly. Because unfortunately, I think that's how he's gonna have to do it in order to get a trade, get, get traded from the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I forgot, I forgot to mention this while we were talking about Russ. Uh, here's gonna be my crazy prediction for next year. I think they're going to try and trade Russ at the at the deadline. I think that's how bad I think it's going to it's actually going to go. Trade like Russ to the Portland. <laughs> they're going to trade him somewhere and they're going to find they well they're going to find out that it's, it doesn't that they don't fit at all. And they I think they're going to find out like oh that we can't trade a guy who's earning 40 goddamn million dollars. <sighs> well, I mean, the only two places I could think of is either Philly or Portland, since they have like two players that they're willing to give up. Or are you talking about Dame or Russ? Yeah, Dame for Russ, or maybe Ben Simmons for Russ. Who knows? Dame, Dame to the Dame to the Sixers makes a lot of sense. I just don't know, like, like does Portland want to take back Ben Simmons? I mean, they probably do just because, like, that's probably the best player you can get for Dame, and and you know, except for like, you know, all the draft picks in the world. But yeah, like, I don't, 
I don't know if they'll like the Blazers do that deal because like Dame is the the son of Portland. Like he is probably the best player. It's probably yeah. Like I I, I kind of go back and forth with him and Bill Walton, but like he's probably like the greatest Blazer of all time. And you know he is the culture setter on that team. He is the the undisputed leader, the undisputed best player. He like he is the team. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It's tough for me to say like, oh, he, you, you're just gonna trade him, like away from the team, like you, you know, it's gonna cause, it might cause a riot, honestly, like, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to see it happening, but I think, I think it needs to happen, unfortunately, like, I, I rewatch, well, like I watched uh, Ben Taylor's breakdown of KG, and I just look at KG and just like say, God damn, you wasted all those years being on that god garbage ass minnesota team you wasted your prime and you know luckily you were able to get out like you know at on the tail end of your prime to win one ring but like kg was just as good as duncan and i i doubt a lot of people see it that way because he was on such a shitty team and just wasted so many years on such a god-awful organization and a god-awful team mm-hmm. so like i'm i'm for um like um what's it called superstars asking out for a better situation because if your organization is failing you the way that the blazers are for dame you you're you're almost obligated to just ask for a trade they 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 ain't doing you right yeah that's how i see it like i think it needs to happen i don't think it's gonna happen like this people say like the trade deadline i don't i don't see it happening i think it should that'd be a blockbuster trade for sure but yeah, we shall see. Uh, when is the trade deadline, by the way? Um, the trade deadline is in February. Oh, then they have time. They have time. It's just, are they going to pull the trigger? And apparently, they're not interested in trading CJ. So huh. that basically means you got to trade Dame, right? Because <laughs> I'm sorry, like it's just, it's just, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, and imagine if both of them need to be traded out. Oh, go full tank mode? Then yeah. why the hell you pay Norman Powell ninety million? Like, I think I think I think the front office thinks this is good. It's not. No. Sorry, it's, it's not. It's not really. Like, it really isn't. <laughs> like you have three guys who are six three and under, all earning twenty plus million. It's not gonna work. Granted, <sighs> I say that, and we just drafted Davion Mitchell, so I, I don't <laughs> I don't know if we're doing anything. Like, I mean, granted, we're not trying to contend for a championship. We're just trying to get to the playoffs, so it's a little different. Oh, yeah. And then we'll fix our things on the way. <laughs> okay, moving on to the our final topic, or man, second to final topic. I always jump the gun on these, but uh, we're going to talk about Davion and Davion Mitchell and Nemus Nemias Kata is how I've heard his name said. Have you heard any different? Mm. No, <laughs> to be honest, I thought it was Nemias Quetta, but uh, yeah, it sounds, I mean, if you uh, heard it differently, then I'm pretty sure you're more correct than what I'm thinking. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure, I have it on the other dock, let me just pull that up right now, oh boy, a few more buttons, let's see, it is... It is Namias Kata. So apparently that's how it's said. At least that's what they said on the broadcast. Namias. 
Okay, well, then. Well, I'll call him Kata. That just sounds easier. Like, I, I can make sure, like, about the Kata part. Because that seemed pretty consistent from the broadcast I've listened to. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, the California Classic, it did happen this week. I originally was going to post the uh, solo episode because you were gone. Um, but that was the episode that ran in technical difficulty. So uh, my memory is unfortunately not as fresh. But I do have uh, overall notes about the California Classic. Uh, let's start with, I think Davion looks really good. Oh. <laughs> that that's all you're gonna say <laughs> i mean I, let, let's start there i mean he looked good yeah. he, he looked composed he looked like he belonged i have heard the horror stories of like back in the day you know not to throw shade at him of course but like ben mclemore did not look like he was he was supposed to be out there in summer league and mm-hmm. granted this is the california classic it's even it's the preseason before the before the summer league essentially so but davion looked really good he just, just looked like he was the best player out there and he was just ready for for that stage. Oh yeah. Uh, since uh, we got rid of Delon Atlanta, um, yeah, Davion's looking like a really solid six man in the excuse me guard spot. And uh, yeah, I'm, we gotta see how we build around him. Like I said, and uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll see a lot more minutes from him. Yeah, so, like, um, a lot of people brought this up after the game. Like, he was handling the ball a lot, and, like, maybe he's not, like, he's not really, like, good enough to be a primary ball handler just yet. So, and chances are, he's coming off the bench. I don't see him starting next to Fox anytime soon, unless, Mm -hmm. like, there's an injury. But, like, yeah, I think, think, like, him coming off the bench as a six-man is the perfect role for him. And he and like, you know, the Kings need a guy like him. Like, I mean, granted, we weren't number 10th in offense last year, but for much of the season, De'Aaron was really the only creator, like legitimate creator on the team. And like Tyrese was a little better towards the end and DeLon did his part. But like now you finally add kind of a secondary creator because that's what he did. And, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of guys didn't hit shots when he passed to them. And some of his passes were honestly like bit iffy but like he could hit cross court passes like he has a lot of poise he's very tricky in the pick and roll and like he's gonna he's gonna be good like i think right right out the gate mm-hmm. and uh yeah um unfortunately on a bit of a downer note yeah lower note robert woodard oh man it was not fun to watch him like he, he had a night he had a nice tip dunk in the game in game one but like throughout the game, like he would just make a move. He's not really quick enough to like get by guys. His handle just isn't there just yet. And like any time he was near the basket, it just felt like every single time he would just get stripped and were like just lose the ball somehow. And and right now he's not an NBA player. Mm, if I remember watching the highlights on Robert Woodard. Uh, he played the five most of the time, didn't he? Uh, honestly, I didn't even really notice. I think we had a center a lot out with him, uh, so mm. he's probably the four most of the time. So yeah, but eh, in regard uh, to that, uh, or regardless to that, um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, Kings and fans hyped him up since he did like real well in the G League, uh, like last season and uh, yeah i was hoping to for him to become that like 
defensive end that we needed or what we were missing throughout last season. But, you know, we never got to see him play much of the NBA four. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, it's too bad, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think he's I mean, like, I'm I'm not I'm, the jury's not out on him or anything. Like, I'm not yeah. saying like he's never going to be good. But like at this point, like right now, he's just not an NBA player. Like his shot isn't there. His handle isn't good enough to actually be useful or functional. And yeah, just getting near the basket anytime, I'm just like, oh god, just get he would just get blocked or stripped. It was just, it was just not pretty. And yeah, the shot needs work too. Like his puts way too much arc on it. it like shoot moon balls for like on open threes, and it was just <laughs> this is not this is not there yet. Um, Jemias Ramsey didn't impress either. Like, I mean, he didn't really have a lot of opportunities, but like you know, he's he missed basically all his threes, I think, and didn't really do anything else like spectacular, you know, questionable decision making and uh just you know a little bit lack of days ago as well on defense it's this is not there yet and i don't blame these guys these guys really didn't get to play last year anyways and like mm-hmm. they got limited experience in the in the bubble when that happened and yeah they're just you know they just don't don't have the experience and chances are this year they're mostly going to be in the g league yep yeah it's too bad but i'm pretty sure they'll find a place sooner or later yeah, hopefully. And uh, also Louis King. Well, he was kind of a train wreck in the first game. Um, second game, he was a little better. But like, I mean, he's fine. Like he, he'll probably be on the roster uh, for a few, for a stretch. But like, you know, I, I actually had high hopes for him. But like, it seems like he's not ready yet either. I mean, he's got he's got some tools um, mm-hmm. that can be very useful to the team. But as of now, he's not really ready. You know, I talk about like wing depth. Like he's not the answer. I was just saying that <laughs> at all. But Davion yeah. looked like he belonged. He he definitely was the best player out there. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah just, I mean, it's just I mean, the Robert Water thing kind of is kind of, just kind of irks me a little bit because I'm not saying like Xavier Tillman is like a world breaker or anything, but he did play rotation minutes last year. And mm-hmm. you know, he I mean. It just sucks that we traded basically him and Woodard for another second round pick, and which I think we ended up using to get uh to get Terrence Davis. So like it's just I don't know. It's just I mean again, jury's not out just yet. You gotta give a guy like Woodard at least two or three years to kind of figure it out. And uh, well, hopefully he does. And Jemias, I'm I'm not sure what to think of him to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, Marcus Graves was at this uh, was at this game. He actually uh, played for Sac State, so I just wanted to shout him out. Um, he was fine, oh. I thought for the most part. Nothing stood out to me, but he was fine. And you know, got got a shout out Sac State alumni. Oh yeah. Oh man. Actually, I think I remember him back. Well, yeah, I, I totally forgot about him. Was he still in the Stockton Kings? I'm guessing. I assume so. I'm not, I'm not too sure about the status. Of, I'm, I'm, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I guess admitting it right now. I don't watch Stockton Kings games. I don't know where to look for them, to be honest. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched <laughs> much of G Lee, but you know, just want to shout him out. You know, congratulations, Marcus Graves, Sax League alumni. Fingers mm-hmm. up, I guess. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, so Luke, Luke Walton, that is a uh, Fox. Uh, Halliburton, uh, Barnes, Damian Jones, Metsu were all at the game. Uh, Buddy and Marvin were not at the game. Take for that what you will. 
but like it's nice to see that these guys are out here kind of you know checking out the checking out the new rookies like you know just hanging out it looks like chemistry still really good around uh with these guys you know it's it's just nice to see i think mm-hmm. yep i'm i mean yeah <laughs> we'll have to see i guess mm-hmm Okay, well, that's it for the California Classic. We unfortunately did not get to go because it is at a weird time. It just it, the Kings game started at eight, and I just I I mean I have I have work early, so I just didn't want to go out um like and stay out late. The game ended at like six uh, nine thirty or something, and you know you gotta you gotta drive, you gotta walk to the car, drive home, and then shower and then sleep. It's it would just been too late for me, and uh, unfortunately we did not get to go, but Let's be honest, though, they were pretty awful games. Yeah. I mean, the first game went into overtime, and I think people were even, like, saying this, like, it's uh, overtime should not even be allowed in summer, in California Classic games. I almost said Summer League. Yeah. I mean, it was more of, like, a show-what-you-got kind of game. But, yeah, I mean, we, we got a good taste of what uh, Davion Mitchell had and other G-Leaguers and oh, just... Only a little bit of Namias. Nam- uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Kada. Kada. Uh, yeah, I mean, and also we didn't even mention Davion's defense. Like the, the guys. I mean, granted, it is some. It is California Classic guys, mostly G League guys. They did not even want to. Dri- they did not want to drive against Davion. Like, <laughs> he really was like a lockdown kind of defender. I mean, he did get. I mean, of course, it's kind of like that. At that level of talent, you're gonna get blown by once or twice, but. That people were legitimately like scared to dribble around him, and he got a bunch of a few pick sixes. The only mm. issue with him, like the glaring issue with him right now, is unfortunately his free throws. He, I think he shot like 50% the first game, and I think he didn't shoot that many the next game. So yeah, two for free. So him and him and Fox can spend a lot of time in the gym uh, together because they both need to work on their free throws. <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's just weird. It's just a weird trend. How come no point guards on the Kings can shoot free throws? It just, uh, it just seems to be a thing. Yeah, who, who knows? I mean, I'm hoping Fox uh, develops uh, more for uh, next season, but yeah, for Davion, and we're gonna have to wait throughout the season and possibly t- until next season to see any improvement. De'Aaron actually had a surprisingly high. I, I thought he was like in the 60s, but apparently he's only he's 72 percent, or 71.9, which surprised mm-hmm. me. I thought it was lower. So he, yeah, I mean, he did bad. he did improve a lot by the end of the season. I think he was like shooting seventy six percent, which job I guess. Like I mean, I wanted to be higher, but it's just I mean, good. I mean that that's good, but it's just like it just seems to be a bad trend. And hopefully, and from all I've heard about Davion, Davion's a hard like you know like an absolute gym rat, and will work on these things, and he probably will improve. So. It's not something I'm worried about, like particularly. It's just like, can, can why does why do guards on this team not be able to shoot free throws? Uh, well, who knows? I mean, who's really our best guard that could shoot? Terrence Davis. I mean, I guess like, but I guess Buddy would would be nice, but he doesn't oh, draw yeah. any free throws. And same thing with Tyrese. Tyrese does not draw any free throws. And. uh yeah, it's unfortunate. Like the guys that draw free throws, and Davion will draw some free throws. He's got a lightning quick first step, and will you know get get to the bucket. 
And, uh, yeah, it's just the guys that can draw free throws can't shoot free throws, and the guys that can't don't draw free throws. <laughs> It's a bad mix. We'll, yeah. we'll see how that we'll see how that turns out next year. But it's just this is a glaring thing about the really the only issue uh, with Davion right now. Um, and I mean, if you want to talk about his size, I mean, sure, but like he's gonna get up into guys. I don't think it's gonna be an issue. Oh yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be fine. And this and before we get into our final topic, I just want to run this trade idea uh, to you. So I did just mention earlier in the episode that Buddy does have trade value, but mm-hmm. like, you know, worst case scenario, you know, there's another very disgruntled star that clearly wants out of his team, and right now they it's it does it's not looking good for that player, and like he still has a lot of money on his deal, which is why he's still on that team, but they just actually said to him that he's going to play a reduced role uh, this upcoming season, which probably means that he's going to be kind of pissed. If you're wondering who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Kevin Love from Cleveland. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Kevin Love is, you know, disgruntled, to say the least. But he signed for a bunch of money, and no one wants him because he he honestly has not had a good last uh, few, a good few seasons. He's been pretty – I mean, he's completely checked out, basically. Like, And he's, he's never healthy, by the way. And mm-hmm. so – I guess worst case scenario, I talked about a need for four. Like that spot just needs to be filled. Would you be angry, or would you be th- like, what would you feel about a Kevin Love for Buddy Heald swap? And honestly, why not? Just throw, just throw Marvin in there because there, there's going to be a bit of a logjam at uh, at four. If we have both of them there. Well, oh boy, I don't know. Kevin Love isn't the top of my list for sure in my opinion, and I, I still think keeping Buddy and Marvin, if they were part of that trade, is a, a better route to take for us as Kings. Jesus, like that, that's where we're at with Kevin uh, Love. It's like the two guys that we want gone. Like we don't even like we, we we're you just said we're gonna keep them instead. Like that's how bad Kevin Love has yeah. become. Like I mean, the Team USA. I think it was Jerry Colangelo threw him under the bus. Just said he came out of came into training camp out of shape. This uh, Kevin Love just can't get. He just getting like strays everywhere. He can't he can't get any wins. Just keeps taking L's. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what Cleveland's gonna do with um Kevin Love, and I don't know what they're gonna do with Colin Sexton either. And I imagine he gets traded. I don't know, but like yes, yeah, I mean they just they just got um what's his face Evan Mobley. So like future is there. It's probably it's probably looking bright, but yeah, they gotta figure out are they just gonna let Love just pout and just you know send Cleveland, or are they actually gonna buy him out? Because I I mean I didn't think that would be an option, but Blake Griffin got bought out somehow. So, never know. Yeah, never know. Maybe he'll end up with the Lakers. Go for uh, Braun. Uh, uh, you know what? That might actually work. They need, they do need shooting. And that's another <laughs> thing with the Lakers nowadays. They also gave up pretty much all of their defense. Granted, the key piece, which is AD, is still there. But, like, they, they gave up basically all their perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. And they add a little bit of interior with Dwight Howard, but like, I mean, Trevor Ariza is not like a lockdown defender anymore. He's a good, he's a smart defender. Wayne Ellington is fine for the most part, but like, you know, he's not exactly a lockdown defender. Like, do you want LeBron to do it? And uh, oh, yeah, let's get started. Westbrook. Westbrook is not a defender to say the least. 
So I don't know what they what they're gonna do there either. So I mean, if they had Kevin Love, I mean, why not just lean all in on offense? Because sometimes the best defense is making the team take the ball out of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I feel like Kevin Love's gonna stay for another season. That's my opinion. I, I don't see it. I think at some point, mainly because the Blake Griffin stuff, I think he's gonna get bought out. Because Kevin Love's contract it's it's huge it's pretty big for what he for a player of his caliber it's huge i mean it's probably the worst contract like but like it was it was either that or john wall before he came back <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, let me let me check his contract real quick i, I think he has two years left uh, so it's yeah, 20, 20 yeah he has two years left 31 million and 28 million the next year yeah it's not, it's so not that... the worst contract like you no know. Not but the, the buyout's good. Yeah, but that buyout's could be big. <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna mention again. Blake Griffin had about 80 million left on his deal, and he got bought out. Yeah. I mean, he got back around 60 million, so I'm not crying for him, but like, man, like, I'm not, I was shocked when that happened. So I, I'm just expecting him to get bought out, and he has caused. He there is some kind of like locker room tension with him. I've heard so. That might not be a tenuable situation, and they probably will be forced to trade him at some point. I'm mm-hmm. not trade him. I'm talking about buying him out because ain't nobody want him. Mm-hmm. Even you don't want him. Like I, that, That's how bad it is. Well, I don't want him in my team. What <laughs> the Lakers or maybe the Knicks would suffer through it. Who knows? Oh, man, that would be such a Knicks move to trade for him. Jeez. Speaking of the Knicks for agency, like, man. I mean, granted, like Greg's story last year, like you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of a bunch of kind of castoffs that managed to kind of basically like put it together and you know take what was it the fourth seed or the fifth seed, and then they got you know you know it's unfortunate but like they they got their asses handed to them by Trey Young and the Hawks, and they decide to just bring everyone back for you guys, I guess. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they've been linked to Dame a lot, and I'm just like, I really hope Dame doesn't go there because I don't know. Like, seeing as how how obnoxious Knicks fans got last year, I don't want to imagine if they got Dame. Like, and then they get to say the second round or like the conference finals, and they'll never shut up about it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I, 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 but like they signed Evan Fournier. I thought that was kind of funny. But it's just they basically overpaid for a bunch of very average dudes, to say the least. And I I think they're going to regress this upcoming year, especially if they don't if they don't actually uh, find a trade somewhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. well, uh, final topic. So we're going to transition a bit into wrestling. If you guys are if you guys aren't into that, you know, feel free to click off right now because we're just going to talk a little bit of, about wrestling and some big things that have been happening. So uh, it has not been confirmed, but it has not actually been like announced by AEW. But most most outlets have basically just about said it's a done deal. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are are going to be uh, in all elite wrestling and they're going to be probably debuting at all out. Either one of them or both of them are going to debut at All Out. So there's been a storyline going on as of late. Or no, there's been speculation going on as of late that the plan right now is is for Kenny Omega to face one of CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, or Adam Page. 
And Dave Meltzer, if you if you know him, uh, he basically he basically said that the plan right now is not uh, against Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, because no. that basically there have been changes uh, to the plans since the uh, signing of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Now, um, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page are essentially paying off a two year long storyline, and it is white hot right now. And Adam Page is, you know, smoking right now. He is the hottest babyface in the company right now. But there, you know, there is a there is an argument to be had. There is a debate to be had of whether is is that the the best match that they can um uh, that they can put in at All Out, that can put out an All Out, or is it Kenny Omega versus one of Daniel Bryan, or you know, dream match scenario versus CM Punk? Like, if you had a choice, which one would you rather go for? Well, if they're not going to choose Adam Page, like you said, is uh, between Punk and Brian, I'd say I, I'd go for Brian, to be honest. Wow, really? Why, Punk, it'd be great for the storyline, but for for wrestling sakes, I think Brian's the better wrestler here. Uh, I, I'm not worried about the match quality. I think I think Kenny Omega would be able to get a good match out of anyone. Like he's, I think he's that good. I am just a believer in, in Adam Page. I, I I just think you should just go with your guy, like the guy you that your company created. Like I'm not saying like they're they're kind of they're like Goldberg or anything like part in terms of part timers, but like the fact that like one of the things that WWE pisses me off with is that they always rely on these part timers to you know main event their big shows all the time. Like they just cannot stick to a plan and just build up a star like from essentially, you know, build him up over like a long term storyline and then to pay off that storyline with a big match at a big event. They always go for the shiny object, like which is usually Goldberg or Brock Lesnar or some one of those guys. I I want to I hope AEW doesn't do this and just goes with Adam Page, the homegrown star, the dude that is the hottest babyface right now in the company and mm-hmm. the guy that they built up. And and this is a weird comparison because you know it I'm basically saying like if AEW decides to go with CM especially if they go with CM Punk in particular. This gives me like, you know, da- WrestleMania 30 vibes because the report back then was that it was going to be Randy Orton versus Batista. Daniel Bryan was not involved in that. And it's the same thing. They rely on a part-timer that just basically comes out of nowhere and he's the one who main events the big show as opposed to the white hot baby face, which Daniel Bryan was in 2014. And granted, Batista was never nowhere near as popular as Bryan or CM Punk, but it's kind of the same idea. It's the guy who has the star power coming out of nowhere and just taking the main event away from, you know, a much more deserving uh, babyface superstar or like, you know, the homegrown talent that really should be main eventing the big event. And yeah, I just I I just want the Adam Page thing to happen and just I'm just and like I'm I'm also like and kind of in the boat with you. Not the biggest fantasy on punk. No. Yeah. Especially so, since he's been out of the game for so long, too. Oh, yeah. So, if that were to be the case, if uh, he would face Adam Page, what would they do with Brian and Punk, then? Anything. 
Like just have <laughs> just have Punk show up at the end of the show. I don't or like in the middle of the show. I don't I don't know. Have him show up at some point. And then like there's other guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and Face. Doesn't have to just be Kenny Omega. And also I don't want them to go for the top title right away. It just mm-hmm. seems again, it gives me Batista vibes in twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I mean, they challenge for something else. It, it's fine. Like they do. Like I just think you know you have a very hot storyline. Just pay off, pay it off. Like and you know you could have like Hangman versus CM Punk at the next event. Like for all I care. Like it. I just I just want Adam Pace to have that moment to pay off the storyline. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure AEW has something figured out for them. So. Yeah, that I mean, having Punk and Brian in the roster anyway already is a surprise to me, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it's crazy. I I never thought CM Punk would sign with them, to be honest, because like he mm-hmm. rejected them back when it first started. Yeah, so maybe he and, got a big paycheck along with Brian. I oh, I imagine he did, but like it was just, because he he had said it wasn't about the money at the at that point. <laughs> Apparently, they threw a big bag at him, and he just said no. I guess he's back now. And Daniel Bryan, that actually really surprises me in a way, just because he was at the main event of WrestleMania not too long ago. (laughs) Yeah. And also, don't get it twisted. I don't think this is going to, like, say, put WWE out of business. But these are these are like industry shaking events, because, again, CM Punk is the face of anti WWE. Basically, he is the cult hero of that of that uh section of the fan base and daniel bryan is was a star like in wwe he's not a guy that like say andrade like andrade was never really booked well on the main roster so like in a lot of people's eyes he's not really a star but daniel bryan is like they they liked him on the main roster he was he was booked well he was booked to look strong he was booked like an actual star mm-hmm. and the fact that he actually just in fact that they actually just let him go, basically, or it wasn't really in WWE's control, but like the fact that he's actually leaving to go to AEW, like that's industry changing. Oh yeah, well, we'll have to see what AEW does with them, and uh, yeah, hopefully for uh, the, I guess, better what WWE could bring out for them because I don't know. Oldberg, baby. Yeah, uh, no. It's... Yeah, I'm not watching that match either. It's uh, WWE right now. It's just hmm. it's pretty garbage from what I've heard. I haven't really watched an episode in a while, but like I, I read the reviews. It's it's not good right now. Yeah, you're speaking to me about it because yeah, I, I mean I haven't touched WWE in a, quite a while. Is this gonna make you watch um, wrestling? AEW. Yeah, I watch All Out. Yeah, for sure, and see what. Uh, they could provide, and maybe I'll be watching more of AEW than WWE. We'll see. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one final question about this. Let's just mm. say all three of these choices is none of them. What if instead oh. Kenny, Kenny Omega faces Christian Cage at All Out? Christian Cage? Christian Cage. Oh. Ooh. Ah. That I mean, that I don't, I don't know. I, I'd probably kind of not in and out from for that match, to be honest. Would you like that match? Do you think? 
I'd be I think it'd be okay, but I mean, like you said, I think Kenny's gonna be carrying most of the match. I uh, know. I don't think that's the issue. I just think like talk about like talk about a wet fart in terms of star uh, power. I'm, I'm no, no disrespect to Christian. Like he he's a yeah. he's a great wrestler, you know, great worker, and he has name value. But it talk about the worst of both worlds. He's I mean he's not really a part timer, but it's a it's another one of those cases where it's not the homegrown talent, and mm. he and unfortunately. Like in terms of star power, he is like a, a rungs below Punk and Brian, and he's—I don't think he's anywhere near Adam Page in terms of just how hot he is right now. So I think that'd be a horrific choice if that is actually the match. Yeah, that's yeah. I see. That's how you, that's how you give WWE back the advantage. So it's like, <laughs> that's one way you can somehow fuck this up. I'll just say that. Yeah. What What is Christian doing really for AEW right now? He's mostly wrestling like matches. He's actually kind of building himself up. Like it's it's not that he's doing anything wrong. I just don't. I just think out of the four choices, like Punk, Brian, a Page, like oh man, if you ha- if you have Christian Cage is actually the one facing Kenny. That's that's talk about a miss. Talk about a missing. Like just talk about just a huge miss, huge L. Yeah, I mean. I, I think he, uh, I think uh, Christian is more of a mid card to me, in my opinion. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's a it's one of the flaws about staying with WWE for so long. You you kind of get the perception of, you know, whether unfair, fair or unfair, you just kind of get this weird perception that you're just a, a lower mid carder just because you've been with WWE for so long in that position that. The, the rest of the wrestling industry, the wrestling fan base, just sees you as that, and mm-hmm. it's hard to change their opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I'm I'm rooting for the, for them to just stick to their plan of going with Adam Page, because again, white hot baby face, and uh, yeah, I think he's the perfect guy to dethrone Kenny right now. Yeah, maybe he'll win, and maybe CM Punk and Brian will face Adam Page in a future event. Yeah, I assume that will be down the line. I just don't want it to happen all out. I think that's mm-hmm. just like you, you can save them for another for another event. Oh yeah, just introduce them into AEW first before anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for uh, this episode. It's been actually a surprisingly long one. Um, yeah. Um, sorry for not coming out with an episode for almost a week. Uh, we should be getting back to a decent schedule, at least. You know, uh, we'll, we'll be doing a draft review, I guess, mm-hmm. of Davion and Kata, just because, you know, we didn't we didn't do one of them. And I think it's time to kind of go over, like, what they do and what we think they'll bring to the team. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, before I end it, uh, do you care about the Olympics? Um, not really. You, you can go over it. Well, I mean, to go over quickly, okay, USA won gold. Yeah, see, yeah. you can tell, you can tell, I'm not very, uh, not a very American person. I'm, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I, I didn't I, care. I my mean, thing, here's, here's my thing. Here's my, uh, sorry to cut you off, but here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Why was it ever competitive? Like, it's just the USA should have whooped every other country's ass. Uh, like, no disrespect to the other countries, you guys have one or two. NBA players at best, and somehow you guys are going toe to toe with some of the best players. I know like LeBron and Steph aren't there, 
and like those guys, but you don't need those guys. You have KD and Dame. Why is this? Why are these games anything close? It's so frustrating to watch. Yeah, who knows? It it was yeah that first game against France really kind of toned it down to what like something's wrong. Let's just say. I just think I just think it's tough just because like all these guys are just used to being the man and it, t- it just takes a while to kind of acclimate themselves and also I just think the great Popovich's style just might not work with these guys. Oh yeah, but, you know we won gold at the end and uh, France won silver and uh, Australia won uh, bronze. So yeah, forty-two points from Pat- Patty Mills, some something like that. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. He players like him. I don't know uh, who else in other like international teams. Players like him is he, he just some they somehow just go off when it comes to an international game. But in the NBA four, it's it's like they're just a regular old role player. Well, he's gonna be playing a pretty nice role for the Brooklyn Nets next year because they Ooh, rich just yeah. keep getting richer. Oh yeah. We'll see about that. Okay, well, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be coming back to you uh, a little bit later in the week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be coming with uh, more analysis of Kada and Davion Mitchell. All right, yep. We'll see you guys later.